welcome to Different from the Other Kids, a weekly podcast for parents of challenging children with your host, Angela Sunis, author of the Amazon best-selling book, Different from the Other Kids. Each week, Angela interviews an individual or professional within the mental health community. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Different from the Other Kids. I'm Angela Sunis, and I am joined once again, wonderfully, by William Michael Forbes. He is here. He is a life coach. He has written a book about suicide. It's called How to Kill Suicide with Reason to Live. Thank you, William. Thank you so much for coming. I really appreciate that you are joining us again today. Thank you so much for having me back. I'm really excited about this. I think we can uh, create some awesome awesome outcomes here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's really interesting because William and I are having conversations in between takes of this as I'm trying to save some material and uh, further our conversation and make sure that we're on the same page as, as we're going through this. And it's profound and amazing, the stuff that we're actually talking about. And I feel like I, I should have had the mic going the whole time that we were just having this conversation. <laughs> but one of the techniques that William has been, he works with people on, was a profound moment for me just a moment ago as we were talking about uh, swapping some unfortunate sexual abuse kind of information between the two of us, that he had uh, something for me to try. And I just wanted to share it. So we were talking about... How the brain can't distinguish between yes. fantasy and reality. Yes. And for those of you out there, I want you to bear with me for a second, because I want you to try and walk you through the process I just went through with Please, Angela. Please, yes. If you can imagine right now, in front of you, whether it's on your kitchen table, your desk, or wherever you are, that there's a big lemon in your hand, and you can take that lemon and squeeze it as tightly as you can, until you can actually feel it getting mushy inside. And I want you to really imagine that that's happening for yourself right now. Okay. Now, imagine taking that lemon that's nice and mushy and tearing it into two nice dripping pieces. And imagine taking the piece in your right hand and licking it with your tongue. Now, if you've used your imagination properly, your mouth is salivating right now. And that, yet that was an imaginary lemon. It had no real physical lemon there. It was an imaginary lemon that your brain responded to as if it was real. Your glandular system reacted as if you'd actually licked a lemon. Mm-hmm. And those of you that are experiencing that now know it's true. Mm-hmm. Not because I'm saying it. Mm-hmm. And the value in understanding that principle is that our brain cannot distinguish between fantasy and reality. So whether you give it an imaginary lemon or a real lemon, it's the same thing to your brain. And being able to entrain your mind to imagine things that make your life more effective and more positive, you can rewrite your childhood in your imagination. Literally, go through your mind in your childhood and create the most amazing childhood with the feelings, the excitements, the sounds, the smells, and literally rewire your brain to remember it differently. And therefore, you actually change everything that's built on top of it. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you can alter emotions with imagination too, which is... Mm-hmm. This is essentially what we just did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that is powerful stuff because for anybody who has gone through a very challenging childhood at different times, that's all you want to do. If you could, if you could wish for anything, the only thing that you wish for is to turn that around yeah. because you end up being haunted and you end up going through all different kinds of therapies. I was just telling William I've been through, oh God, all different kinds of therapies. I've gone to talk therapy I've been doing for I don't even know how long. I've done all different kinds of energy type healings from all different kinds of energy healings, uh, natural healings, holistic healings, pharmaceuticals, all the way down the line of you could you could you can shake a stick at everything that I have actually tried. And energetically seems to be seems to be the only thing that has calmed this down is trying to go holistically, working with my brain, going within, settling my anxiety, settling all of the angst that I have over stuff that I don't even necessarily 
have in the forefront of my mind all the time, but it just resonates in my body as mm -hmm. if it's as if it's happened yesterday. Now, the science of, the science of neurolinguistics uh, has really been able to enhance what we can do with our imagination. Where where everybody's brain stores information in very specific ways in their mind, either as an image, uh, a feeling, a sound, a color, and you can alter those things and alter the emotional impact on yourself. So, for example, I had some images in my mind from my abuse as a child that were very graphic and loud and painful and, and, and uncertain. And then I just altered, took all the color out of it, lowered the volume down in the image, made the image shrink down to until it disappeared. And I did that several times. And the, the neurology, my neurology changed to adjust. So the emotional state that I had connected that was gone. Mm -hmm. I still have the memory, just didn't have the emotional, negative emotional attachment to it. So do you, everybody, uh, just to let everybody know, we are sitting on a boat in Toronto Harbor here. That's how I know William. I have had an air conditioner go on and off. So if you are listening to the buzzing, in any case, I'm hoping I can't turn this interview back because I think the information is just too fantastic. So hopefully you'll be able to bear with me through at least the first five minutes of this one. So William, what triggered me with uh, what you were talking about just now is EMDR. Have you heard about, have you ever, ever heard of that therapy? I did it once. Uh, basically what it is, the idea, it doesn't matter what it's called, but I did it with an actual highly trained psychologist. It's apparently a, not a well-known practice, uh, psychology circles, but basically it's done with a pendulum. So it's almost on the holistic end of things. And you basically pull out files that no longer serve you. Mm. Uh, the pendulum goes and it's almost a form of hypnosis, I'm mm -hmm, assuming. Mm -hmm. And then the trained psychologist will take those files out and then you uh, yourself come up with new words and new associations and he drops them back into your brain during this process and then you come out and I will tell you it was highly effective for me but it sounds a lot like what you're doing. It, it's, I, I've, I've heard the term MDMR a number it's of times. MDMR, yes, MDM I believe you're right. MDMR and I've heard the term and again anything that employs your imagination in a specific direction will, will yield results, whether mm -hmm. it's MDMR or visualization or emoting or anything that can engage and move your emotion in a new direction will change the outcome that you're normally getting from your life. So if your emotion is probably anger and pain and you can shift that anger and pain really quickly, you can move your life in a whole new direction. Mm -hmm. right? I've, I've recently come to understand that uh, affirmations are amazing yes. and powerful things. Yeah. Do you work with affirmations and what are the kinds of affirmations that anybody could use? Somebody listening right now that might be able to, if we could pick our top three, what would they be, William? If I were to pick my top three. I just asked you three questions in a row because yep. that's the kind of chick I am. Sorry I, about no that. No worries. <laughs> I, I love affirmations. They're very powerful. They're very profound. They have, they kind of, depending on the way they're done and how you give them to yourself or to others, they can have a profound impact on people. Give them to yourself or others. Explain that a little bit to me. So when you're focusing on an idea, I'll, I'll use an example of my life. The very first time I heard one of my mentors way back when, Dr. Bill Curry, said to me, you are loving and lovable. And I said, what do you want me to do with that? And he said, just say those words to yourself. I'm loving and lovable. And he said, no, don't say them like that. Say them with feeling, mm -hmm. like they're real. So I altered the way I said, I am loving and lovable. And it was the first time I'd actually said those words to myself. And I, I felt this energy go through my body. And I saw, he said, I'm loving and lovable. I'd never considered that I'm both loving and lovable. That was one example. Another example is I can do anything I put my mind to. 
for example, as you know, I live on a boat. We, mm -hmm. we, we literally, when we got the boat six years ago, we moved from condo to boat with no boating experience. You didn't have any boating experience? None. Nada. So, <laughs> well, there's another thing that we have in common then, William, because yeah. I did the same yeah. thing. Although I didn't go to live right away, I did try and figure out a little bit of boating before I started, because I'm only living aboard starting next year. But yeah, it's a daunting thing, isn't it? Yeah. Well, when you're driving, when you're driving a twenty thousand pound piece of fiberglass on water with a bunch of other twenty thousand pound pieces of fiberglass <laughs> all around you, mm -hmm. and there's wind and other things, it was a great learning curve for me. But I made, I got really clear that I could do this. Me too. I can do anything I put my mind to. So, so anytime any form of fear would come up inside me around, I would say, I can do anything I put my mind to, and I would say it with authority and power. Mm -hmm. So the tone of voice used, and and the subconscious mind responds more to tone than anything else. Okay, I didn't know that. So I can say to you, what a beautiful soul you are. And if I'm really intonated in that, really into the truth and the meaning of that feeling, then that tone will be, that'll communicate that to your subconscious mind. So people out there, and, and they use this in hypnosis, they use tone, they use light, they mm -hmm. use sound in different ways. But tone, I found, is the most profound tool for affecting um, an internal change and shift very quickly. Mm -hmm. Just alter the tone you're using when you communicate to yourself. And most people, I, I mean, I used to talk to myself like this all the time. I'd be anxious in my mind. So my mind would be like that all the time. I'd be very anxious and nervous and afraid. Mm -hmm. And that's how I was. The minute I began to, people would say, slow your speech down. So I started to change and modulate the way I did things. And, and you can study body language courses. We'll, we'll introduce you to how you can change your physiology as well. But the tone became very important to me. And which is why I love speaking so much. Mm -hmm. um, because I can modulate. When I'm working one-on-one -on -one with people, I know it's critical that their subconscious mind understands what I'm saying because their conscious mind is giving them all the problems mm -hmm. and it's their subconscious mind that's got to be altered in order for their conscious mind to feel comfortable and function properly mm -hmm. and then once they make the distinction between their subconscious mind and their conscious mind then they start to treat their subconscious mind like a vehicle that they get to direct which actually creates all of the effects that they have in their life and so tone is really important when they start to communicate in a different tone with themselves so they might have it. They might have a, their mother's voice in their head going, "You shouldn't be doing things like that. No, don't do it that way." Or you know, a partner, or a spouse, or their children. And if they can alter the way information is in their mind, it alters what they're going to do, right? And alter what outcomes they're going to have. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Um, now, if we can, uh, let's talk a little bit about. You had mentioned a mind-body connection. Uh, can you explain what your what your understanding of a mind-body connection is? Well, my understanding of a mind-body connection is the recognition that I am a sentient being called a soul, a spirit of universal light or love, that exists as a non-physical state, but expresses through a medium called matter or body. And in that body is this thing called the mind, but that my body is subjective to my predominant focus. Or my acquired focus, because we can inherit ideas and beliefs for up to three generations back. And they've proven this with flowers. They've proven this. It's, it's clearly, I mean, you can do the research. So we don't just have to deal with our own stuff. We get to deal with what we've inherited. But when you can recognize that the body isn't who you are, it's something you have, an instrument that you communicate through and you receive information through. When you recognize that your mind is just an instrument, a construct, a computer database that stores all your experiences and information in, and that you are the one that can direct and operate all that. My first big experience with, with knowing that there's a mind-body connection, that I have absolute autonomy over what happens in this body, happened uh, about 28 years ago when I jumped off a 12-foot fence and broke my right heel bone into four separate pieces and tore all the ligaments and tendons from the ankle bone down. Mm -hmm. And I was rushed in the hospital. They said they had to drill a five-and-a-half-inch pin through the back of the heel to hold all the pieces together. 
And my mentor at that time, when I called him up, said, I can't come up to the island because we moved up to an island. We're doing a retreat up there. And he said, uh, he I'll be down a, a couple of hours. He comes down, walks in, hands me Gray's Anatomy. And he says, study the foot and tell the cells in your body what they're supposed to do. But you've got to tell them with authority and a lot of feeling. And you've got to get into excited about it being the way you want it to be. So I spent the next week in the hospital going through each structure of the foot and telling the ligaments and tendons and bones. At the end of the week, they could not tell where the breaks in the bones were. This is fascinating stuff because that is absolute. I keep hearing these stories about people being able to heal themselves with their brain. And it's fascinating as anything. So can you walk me through just a little bit of what would you tell yourself exactly? What are you telling when you're going through the anatomy of the bones in your foot? What are you telling the bones in your foot? Are you saying... You can heal. You can do it. Uh, I'm sending you great. What do you What do you I, say? First of all, knowing that the body is a subjective instrument, it has to do what we think it to do, mm -hmm. and therefore, when you think a thought, you actually generate a flow of electrons in the brain, which is a flow of electricity. Mm -hmm. So, in my case, what I was doing to the foot, I would I would I would take the image of the bone and I would see a perfect heel bone, and I would say, "This is what you are," and I would say it with excitement and authority and power. You're healing perfectly. Every nerve, every organ, every fiber, every molecule of this foot is returning to perfect vibratory health. And I got deeply into that and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into it. I'm supposed to not be able to walk for up to six months, but I, I walked out of the hospital at the end of the fourth week hmm. with no pain, no cast. Amazing. So I know that the body, that taught me that, and I've worked with people that are in comas and had strokes and stuff. The nervous system can reconstruct it. Every single cell in our bodies has a genetic code in it that has knowledge of and awareness of how to be any other cell and they're proving this now with cloning and other genetic stuff they're doing so when you can give and, and one of the people out there have come up and say well if i broke my back and i can't walk anymore uh why i've done all this visualization it's not working and i say to them if your emotional charge becomes strong enough you get enough emotional power put into that system it will realign other cells will actually pick up the functionality of nerves because they have the knowledge, but they need the emotional amplification behind them to drive that new function. So it's the emotion you put behind an idea that gives the result. It, I can sit there and affirm, I love my life, I love my life, I love my life, I love my life. But it, you know, I don't feel anything. Mm -hmm. I'm going, I love my life. It's amazing. It's wonderful. And anybody listening and feeling, I can feel it. Mm -hmm. And when you start, so, so if you can keep up a highly sustained emotional charge over a long enough period of time, anything in the body can be healed. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. That was William Michael Forbes. I want to say thank you so much. Again, we're going to break at this point and come back again next week. I'm going to do another interview with William. I'm very excited. This is a fascinating conversation. I'm, I'm really thrilled with the way that this is going. Uh, his name is William Michael Forbes. Find him at www soul evolution that's how we're going to start the next part of this perfect to explain what that is but he's also on facebook under the same under the same name william michael forbes or you can find him on his website william michael forbes coaching.com thank you so much william this has been fantastic and uh, we'll catch you next time truly a pleasure andrew thank you we'll see you next time wonderful and thanks very much for tuning in everybody and now a disclaimer in general, I, Angela Sunis, am not a doctor, and I certainly don't play one on the internet. I'm a parent, period. The advice from me presented on different from the other kids does not replace advice received directly from a medical health professional. If you think you need help, I do recommend making an appointment with your physician or other appropriate health care provider.